0: Welcome back to the JV Show. It is Tuesday, December 20th. Winter is here. I am back home in the Pacific Northwest. Life is good. And is it being hyperbolic to say that this was one of the best weeks of football in a long time? Um, There were definitely some controversies that happened. But... Those notwithstanding, and even with those happening, I had such an amazing time watching football this weekend. Thanks in large part to the fact that I'm back in (laughs) the Pacific Northwest. And I won't spend a whole lot of time on this, but watching it in Pacific Coast time is so much better than any other time zone. I will give you mountain time. One hour ahead, not too bad. But while football starts at 10 a.m. And that's a little rough. um, It's not an issue for me. But having Sunday Night Football start at 5.30 p.m. And ending around 8.30 p.m. Maybe 9 o'clock if it goes long. Is the perfect time. You get football all day long. You want to wake up, watch football. Boom, you can do that. You want to wake up like at 8 a.m. You know, get a quick workout, go shower, eat, sit down, ready for eight, seven hours of football. You can do that. The afternoon games start at one. It's the best. By far the best. All right. Well, with that quick rant out of the way, let's zoom over really quick to... Actually, we'll do the playoff picture last so we can talk about the games without sp- spoiling anything, not that there's anything really to spoil anymore, because the game's all happened. I'll start really quick with the Niners-Seahawks. I think the Seahawks are about dead, and it makes me sad, because I've been rooting for the Hawks. There's there's those teams that either, like, they're below the middle of the pack, or they're right at the middle of the pack that I just got a soft spot for, and now um, that I'm back home in the PNW, good old Washington State. I was... Sort of rooting for the Hawks, even though the Niners were so clearly the better team. Top to bottom, this Niners team is terrifying to watch, especially on the defensive side. And that's with the defense getting hosed on a couple of calls. Nick Bosa should have had a strip sack that ended up going for a touchdown. The guy um, that called dead. And we'll talk about that in a few minutes as well. But even then, the Niners got up. I think it was twenty-one to six. They should have been up twenty-eight to six, and then the game was never in doubt. I never felt confident the Hawks were going to be able to come back. Their offensive line just—it was a massacre. They could not hold up against the Niners' defensive onslaught, and the Niners' offense once again doing everything in their power to make Brock Purdy look good. Um, let's let's put the brakes on Brock Purdy being like a top fifteen quarterback. So that feels like. It feels like that's the vibe that people are trying to give him now. I really like Brock. His nickname is cool. It's funny. And I like seeing the Niners do good because I love a lot of the players on their team. But let's be honest. George Kittle made <laughs> made Brock Purdy look amazing. Uh, Brock had that good fake. The defense bit on believing it was going to be McCaffrey. And then George Kittle took a like a 10-yard catch. And then ran it for the rest of the way for a touchdown. I think George Tittle might be my favorite non-quarterback player to watch. He... I love his energy. He's absolutely electric. He can block. He can catch and run. He does it all. He's amazing. And seeing McCaffrey tout a large workload again and hold up is enticing to see. Because he's another one of those players that I love, love to watch. Um... And they did this without Debo Samuel. It was 21-13, to 13, but if you were watching the game, the Hawks didn't score until late, and the game felt like it was 28-3, to 3, which, as we all know, is the deadliest uh, lead in football. Um, second only to... Uh, is there anything else I need to talk about? For I think the Seahawks... We'll talk about the playoff picture in a bit, so I won't mention anything about that. But at the end of the day, Hawks fans... He had the Broncos' first-round pick, so okay, let's move on. Okay, we'll probably spend the most time today talking about this game. <laughs> I don't know where to start with this. The Vikings come back beating the Colts 39-36 to in what really should have been a lot larger of a victory okay i've got a lot of notes on this one so i'll start with this the first half ends 33 0 everyone's like all right cool um we've got some christmas stuff to go and do Go a little shopping a little bit cool the the early games kind of done we'll wait till the ravens and browns game to which we'll probably skip that game too because we all knew that game was gonna suck Colts get up 33-0, thanks in large part to two TDs spotted by the Vikings on just stupid plays. Colts capitalized. The Colts' defense was playing phenomenal in the first half. The Vikings did not know what to do in the first half. Um, However, the Colts scored 36 points, right, which sounds like a lot, and it is, but that was thanks to two touchdowns Given to them by their defense. Which, by the way, if you had the Colts defense, even though the Colts defense gave up 39 points in the end, still had like 28 defensive points. So if you played them, you're probably looking pretty good for your fantasy playoffs. The Colts only scored one offensive touchdown. And in the second half, I'll talk about, I'll talk about the Colts and then I'll talk about the Vikings. Because I need to give the Vikings their due in their own slot. One offensive touchdown. And in the second half, they threw for 50 yards and their longest drive went for 30 yards. Let that sink in. Their longest drive in the second half went for 30 yards. This game, if it wasn't for the Vikings' comeback, would have been the most, in my opinion, the most fraudulent 33 nothing. when they went so conservative- You'd think they'd be on the far right. I swear I won't do any more political jokes. That was a bad one. I. It makes me so happy to see the cults of all the teams. Because, oh, Frank Reich was the problem. He was the issue. It's all Frank Reich. Right, Mr. Hersey? You wanted a coach that didn't have any experience Because he wouldn't be afraid. That is the sorriest half of football I've ever seen in my entire life. And it couldn't have happened to a better organization. It it filled me with so much joy to see this. As everybody knows, I was a massive Colts fan growing up. Thanks in sole part to Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck. And the way that those two careers went... Cut Peyton Manning. They were only able to get one Super Bowl out of the, what, 15 years Peyton was in there. And they made the conference championship once with Andrew Luck, thanks in large part to mismanagement above both those quarterbacks. Disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. only got one Super Bowl out of those two players. And then the continuous, in my opinion, mishandling of resources by Chris Ballard. Yes, the defense is really good. Yeah, the offensive line was really good, but you had no skilled players outside of the running backs to help out the five different quarterbacks you brought in to salvage it after Andrew Luck justifiably retired. And then firing Frank Wright was the final straw for me. This is my least favorite franchise in the NFL. I hope it crashes and burns for the next 20 years. And with my luck, they're going to draft a quarterback in the top 10 and become a perennial contender again, because that's how my life has gone with with football. Okay, I talked about the Colts. They blew it because they were as conservative as humanly possible. I don't think you could have been more conservative. And yes, Jonathan Taylor went out early, but Deion Jackson and Zach Moss were okay going in um, replacement for him. Poor Matt Ryan. I do feel bad for Matt Ryan. He didn't ask for this. He just wanted to play more football in a supposed contender. But Colts were frauds. Okay. So I took the Vikings minus four. I took them to win because I didn't believe in the Colts. And while I don't believe in the Vikings, I sure as hell believe in them more than the Colts. This comeback win... I don't think there are enough words to give and to heap on to what the Vikings were able to do. Justin Jefferson is incredible. That's that's undisputed, right? Dalvin Cook came out and finally had himself an amazing game. Hopefully you had him in fantasy. Um, and Kirk Cousins, credit to him, he never folded. And this is all on top of the fact that the Vikings got absolutely hosed with penalties. And this is going to... Not not penalties, excuse me. With bad calls by the ref. So the Vikings had two scooping scores that were ripped from them. There was one on Michael Pittman and then one on Deion Jackson. They both clearly and absolutely unequivocally fumbled. But the play was called dead. And you cannot review the plays like that. Which is utter BS. The Vikings should have won by two scores because of those missed calls. It was absolutely egregious. Not a doubt in my mind that they were fumbles. And nobody else thought the other, the other way. I was feeling so bad for the Vikings because that one happened in the first half and the other one happened in the second half. Cause I think the l I think the second one happened with about three minutes left, which would have given Vikings the tie or the chance to go for two to tie the game. Now granted Kirk Cousins did Kirk Cousins things and went and got it anyways, and then they obviously won in overtime. I'm not going to say that all of a sudden I believe the Vikings are like a top contender, one of the best teams in the NFL. I still think it's going to end in heartbreak because that's that's just how Minnesota football goes. And until I'm proven otherwise, I will always believe that's the way it's going to go. But I am so happy for the Vikings. They clinched the division with this, which is good, good for them. I'm rooting for them in the playoffs. But my my years of watching football refuses to let me believe that the vikings are going to go far in the playoffs but i will happily be proven wrong on that i want to give another shout out to kj osborne he's really good he had 10 receptions for 157 yards and one touchdown and then adam thielen had another touchdown um and then cook had a 60 yard uh touchdown which was great just great thank you vikings for once again proving that Jeff Saturday the Colts have been outscored I believe nine like eighty five to eight in the fourth quarter since they beat the Raiders. Great job winning that first game Jeff Saturday. And I don't want to put all this on him because you're a fool if you don't take an NFL head coaching job if you're given the keys to the kingdom, but it feels so good to see them be bad. It really does. Oh But we'll talk about the Vikings' playoff spot and later. Colts are dead. They're dead fish. They're playing for... um, And I refuse to give the Colts the, uh, the tank job. It's the best tank job in the history of the NFL. I refuse to give them that kind of credit. All right, let's move on to a game that I watched one half of and then stopped because I value my Saturday time. Ravens lose to the Browns 13-3 outside of J.K. Dobbins. This Ravens offense was—I felt like I had to be paid to watch this. It was horrible, and there wasn't much reprieve when the Browns got the ball. This doesn't really do much for playoff implications, aside from the Ravens going from— well, okay, it does have a lot to do with it, but I think we were all expecting the Bengals to take the division anyways— but with this Ravens losing a defensive or not defensive a divisional game, puts them at nine and five. Bengals are now ten and four. Ravens will move down to the wild card spots. Browns move to six and eight. Deshaun Watson still looked terrible, um, and the Ravens are going to be absolutely inept on offense. Um, they'll be able to scrap and win games because their defense is really good. But until Lamar is back, they're not going to do much. And I feel so vindicated on this game simply because there was discussion last year that Tyler Huntley is a slight downgrade from Lamar Jackson. You're out of your mind if you think that. All right, moving on. Bill's Dolphins. Josh Allen had two fumbles in this game, one of which the offense had recovered. But he had probably his best games since I would say the Chiefs game. He had 300 yards, four touchdowns, the snow didn't bother the Dolphins that much. I, I I had a feeling that was going to be an overplayed story, as they always are with that. It didn't even start snowing until probably halfway through the third quarter. But the Miami Dolphins put up a fight that they needed to put up because they got whopped the last two games. Two had a horrible game against the Chargers, and then they were non-competitive against the 49ers, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but if you're Fighting for playoff contention like the Dolphins are. You got to win those games. Or at least look like you're fighting. What was strange about this game... Um, was the Dolphins... Raheem Monster was 17 of 136. He had a long run for 67 yards. Which helped pad his stats. But every time he got the ball... It looked like he was gashing the Bills defense. And they didn't give him more than... You know, they didn't give him 20 plus carries. solvent Ahmed had six carries for 43 yards, and he also had a touchdown. They should have ran that ball 35 times because I think if they did, they could have won this game. Uh, I think that they're kind of done. Um, I, I don't know how you come back. This was a tough game. They needed to have this game. This pushes them down to the seventh seed. It's t- it's going to be a tough road from here on out because they don't have a whole lot of tiebreakers, and they have two divisional games that they have the Patriots and the Dol- or in the Jets again to wrap the season up. So they're in they're in playoff mode right now. They're fighting for their lives because they lose to the Patriots or the or the Jets, they're going to be knocked out most likely if the Jets and Patriots win. <laughs> we'll talk about the Patriots in a second. Um, Tua was. <sighs> He was, two. he was 17 of 30 for 230 and two touchdowns. No picks. He looked okay. Uh, but the uh, the Bills clinched a playoff spot. They didn't clinch the division. um, And then the Bills, Bills did everything that they needed to do to win the game. I did think they should have just ran the touchdown in at the end of the game. Uh, we see players doing this more often now in situational football that they'll just go down. Um, near the end zone instead of running it in, Miami would have had thirty seconds left, and I really don't think they would have been able to go down and score, but it didn't matter. Bill's improved to eleven and three, and Miami falls to eight and six um holding on for dear life with to one of those wild card slots, but that does it for the Saturday games. We'll get right into Sunday. all right, I'll be honest, I didn't watch a single second of this game. Steelers beat the Panthers. The Panthers, crushing my hopes of helping uh, keep the Bucks out of the playoffs so I don't have to watch them. Um, George Pickens had a great catch. That was pretty cool. <laughs> uh, but he still only had two catches for 53 yards. Um, this was really about the run game for the... <clears throat> For the Steelers. Uh, Najee, 24 of 86 for one. Jalen Warren, eleven thirty eight and one. And Mitch Jabriskie doing just enough to not lose the game. Uh, he had 179 yards, zero touchdowns. He ran one in. Uh, Deontay Johnson, welcome back to the NFL. He had 10 receptions for just under 100 yards. I think that this... I'm look at the playoffs slotting in a bit, but the Panthers aren't out of it yet. And I'm hoping, that, I'm hoping beyond all hope that they're able to knock the Bucks out because I don't want to watch them. But I don't want to watch the Panthers either. This, this is one of the problems with the with the playoffs. I do like the fact that every divisional winner gets a guaranteed playoff spot, but I don't like the fact that they get a home playoff game. None of the NFC South teams deserve a home playoff game. I just have a feeling the Bucks are going to win. That home game in the playoffs, because of course. All right, I was really bad with the spreads today, or this this week. Really, really bad. Three of fifteen. I went twelve of fifteen picking winners, but the the big favorites did not come through. In fact, the largest favorite that I took that won was Cincinnati minus three and a half, which was never in doubt. And I'm very nervous for Green Bay minus 7 tonight. But one of the favorites that did win, holding on for dear life, was Chicago losing to Philadelphia 25-20. to Jalen Hurts, not the best game passing. He had two picks. Uh, he made up for it running the ball. Uh, 17 carries and 60 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, But a late surge from him connecting with A.J. Brown put this game away. Uh, Chicago lost Tevin Jenkins on the offensive line, which did not help their offensive line at all. The Bears had five rookies playing at least 30 snaps on defense, which is not ideal for an offense. Going up against an offense like the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, Justin Fields doesn't have a lot of touch throwing the ball. Um, It's quite hard watching him in the short game. But he had 95 rushing yards again. He had 152 yards throwing with two touchdowns. He's a weapon. I'm not going to call him a running back that throws, but... He is their offense and he's playing like a discount Jalen Hurts and I mean like a heavy discount because Jalen Hurts has been playing out of his mind this year. Um Hurts wasn't amazing for the first three quarters, but they they got it going when they needed to. And AJ Brown, he is so good. Probably the best free agent acquisition that they that they that anyone's had this year, I would say. I think Roquan Smith is definitely up there. But granted, that was mid-season for the the Ravens. But yeah, and it's unfortunate for the Cowboys because at one point, it was looking like the Cowboys were going to be in play for the first seed come next week when they play the Eagles. Unfortunately for the Cowboys, Goldilocks, Trevor Lawrence... Top 10 quarterback in the NFL. I honestly don't know with the way that he's played the last five weeks. He's pretty much first in everything first in touchdowns, first in passer rating, first in yards. He's playing awesome. And it makes me so happy to see it. Because the Jaguars, they're inching ever closer to making the playoffs. They just got to beat Tennessee. I um, mean, they have to win out, but they need to beat Tennessee one more time. And if they tie with Tennessee, oh, baby. We could we could have a playoff bracket with Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Trevor Lawrence. Is there anyone else that I care on the AFC that I'd love to see in the playoffs? I don't think so. And Lamar Jackson, I'll get oh yeah, I'll get Lamar, but obviously he's injured and still no word on when he's coming back. But. Okay, so getting to Dallas Jaguars. Dallas was up by seventeen points. They were up twenty seven to ten, which I believe is what the Bills were up against the Vikings when the Vikings pulled out that miracle win. Um, Trevor played amazing. He did have a pick, and almost had another pick on the drive that they got the field goal on to send it to help send it into overtime. Um, He also fumbled. Late in that game too which almost cost them the game. Um but the Dallas defense he not he, the Dallas defense really sucked it up in the second half. Dak played amazing in the first half, but he had again two picks. What have I been what have I been what have I been talking about the last 5 weeks with Dak ever since he came back? He's prone to give you at least one pick if not two. One of them I'm not going to put entirely on him because he got tipped. But, you know, it gets attached to the quarterback because that's how we do it. I think for the season outlook, Dallas has been playing with fire. It felt like they've been looking ahead at the Eagles. And they've been talking about it all week because the reporters have been asking them about the Eagles all week. I... Will not be shocked if they're a first round exit again. Um they signed this um T.Y. Hilton. He didn't have a target this game. C.D. Lamb was He was good as always. He was seven of one twenty-six. Um Noah Brown playing for a contract. He had two touchdowns in this game. But the man of the game, oh boy, if you played him against fantasy, I am so sorry. Zay Jones had 110 yards and three touchdowns. He and Trevor were cooking in the second half, and it was a lot of fun to watch. Um, I'm excited for the Jags. I'm really worried about the Cowboys. The defense did not show up. And honestly, when the Jags were driving, I in the second half, I, I wasn't all that worried about them scoring. I wasn't worried for Trevor's life. Trevor actually only got sacked once. Um, I don't have the pressure numbers in front of me, but man, I should have had the Cajones to take Jacksonville because I just I had I had a hunch that they could take this game. But I decided to go with Dallas because I figured they got Dallas got scared last week against the Texans, so I figured they'd take the Jags seriously this week. To which they did. They did get out to it a, a decently. And again, 27-10, to you think you could be able to hold on to that with having Zeke and Tony Pollard as well as that defense. But maybe Trevor Lawrence is just that good. <laughs> so great to have another good quarterback. I'm so happy that he's finally coming uh, out of his shell after the disaster he had last year at Coach, all right, let's move on to talk about this game quick. Chiefs Texans, Chiefs beat the Texans 30 to 24. It took overtime for it to happen. Patrick Mahomes played about as perfect as you possibly could today, but thanks to fumbles by Juju and uh, Isaiah Pacheco, in addition to the defense getting a lot of ticky tack penalties. This game was close. It shouldn't have been as close as it was. But this speaks to my worries for the Chiefs. The Chiefs have the best player in football. There is absolutely no question about that. But Mahomes has to play out of his mind for the Chiefs to pull these games out. He he just does. Uh, now, Mahomes did have a lot of help from Jarek McKinnon, who was electric today. He had... Seventy receiving yards and a touchdown and then ran the game winning touchdown and overdrive in overtri- overtime in. Um Isaiah Pacheco, like I said, he fumbled, but they've had a they they've been they've been cooking with the run game the last few weeks between Pacheco and McKinnon. So that's reassuring to see. Uh Kelsey did Kelsey things. Um Juju, aside from the fumble, had an okay game. And Marquez. <laughs> uh He's prone to drop three balls, but he'll make catches where you're like, "How on earth did he make that?" I'm uh, nothing to say about the Texans. I think this this is once again. I'm just I'm worried for the Chiefs. They have the pedigree with Mahomes, so I'm not worried about them in that sense. But I just I don't know. They're 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 going to be playing really tough teams, and if they don't have the first seed. They're going to be playing three games straight. Now, granted, they'll mostly be home games. And I have faith in Mahomes at the end of the day to pull it out. But if he doesn't play perfect, I, I don't know how you're going to make it and win the Super Bowl. I just don't. Um, if Mahomes does play perfect, then you got me. But, yeah, all let right, right. Let's, let's flash through. Two games. Falcons Saints. Saints beat the Falcons twenty one to eighteen. Um, I'll be honest. I watched the last quarter of this game, and then aside from that, I did Desmond Ritter was. Bleh. Um, he he got sacked four times. Grand. The offensive line wasn't helping him out. Uh, Tyler Algier was the only bright spot for the Falcons on today. Um, For the Saints, um, Juwan Johnson coming out of left field. Again, hope you didn't play him in fantasy. Two touchdowns, 67 yards. Andy Dalton was an efficient 11 of 17 for 150 and two touchdowns. No big deal. Taysom Hill stole a touchdown from him. I won't talk about that. Um... Can one of these? Can any of these three teams just take the Bucks out, please? Like I don't want to watch any of you, but I'd I'd love to see Andy Dalton in the playoffs. Why'd you have to lose to the Bucks twice? Ugh! All right, Broncos, Cardinals. Broncos beat the Cardinals twenty-four to fifteen. It was a Brett Rippin versus Colt McCoy game for a bit, and then Colt McCoy got injured. They Who the heck was their replacement? Was it Clive? Something Trace McSorley. Um, Latavius Murray was really good. Um, if you got stuck watching this game, I'm sorry. Uh, These teams are irrelevant. Let's yeah, let's let's go on to the oh yes. So I got this game wrong, but I couldn't be happier for the Detroit Lions, being 500 in week 15, seven and seven. Are you kidding me? Let's go Detroit. I couldn't be happier to be wrong. I figured this was going to be a close game and it was. Lions 120 to 17. Um I I would just like to say I would I would like a mulligan because I was traveling on Friday when I got the news that Zach Wilson was going to be starting for the Jets and not Mike White. I would have definitely switched my pick, but I had already posted him. I am a man of integrity. I would have taken the Lions to win because Zach Wilson sucks. He had some amazing throws, but he had one of the most moronic interceptions I've ever seen in my life. Because that's what he does. He got sacked four times. Um, I think I'll talk about more about the Jets when we talk about the playoff picture because that's important. But the Lions... The Lions are knocking on the door. Granted, they did lose to the Hawks, so they're tied with the Hawks right now in the playoff bracket, and the Hawks are above them. But I'm so happy for Detroit. You guys deserve this. All you fans deserve this. I hope you make the playoffs. I really, really do. All righty. The last game for the morning was, oh boy, the Patriots lose to the Raiders, thirty to twenty-four. All right, I'll just start. Let's 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 flash forward all the way through to the towards the end of the fourth quarter, where um, Keelan Cole caught in quotation marks a touchdown. Um, He was clearly out of bounds. Um, There was an overhead shot of his foot that showed him. There was clearly white below the front end of his shoe. I don't understand with the NFL how much money they make. Why do we not have the most high-definition cameras on the sidelines for the end zone? Or just in general? You know you're going to need it at some point, so freaking do it. But even with the picture not being super clear... Keelan Cole was clearly not in the end zone. But with that, and with the extra point, it made it 24-all. Patriots, get the ball back. We're going into overtime. There wasn't enough time for the Patriots to really do much of anything in regulation anymore. I don't know why they didn't just kneel it out. Bill belichick and said they didn't have the arm strength to throw the Hail Mary for 55 yards, which... That that's a locker room i love to be a fly on the wall in. <laughs> it's um it's not looking good in, in New England right now. But all that aside, they decided to run it up to go with Ramondre Stevenson. He gets some chunk yardage, gets up to like I think the 40. He laterals it back to Jacoby Myers, who runs it for like two yards. And then tries his best to huck it back to Mac Jones. But oh no. There is another challenger. Chandler Jones comes up. Grabs the ball. Puts Mac Jones into the earth. And then runs it in for the touchdown to win the game. Where do I start with this? First of all. Jacoby, like Ron J. Stevenson, why didn't you just go down? So the Patriots players came out and just said they went rogue. So this was this was not the plan to continue lateraling it back to try and score. But you, you don't even need to do that because it's you're going to overtime no matter what. <sighs> this is one of the this might be the dumbest play I've ever seen in my life, and I do feel bad for Jacoby Myers. But what was Mac Jones going to do if he got the ball? Get planted into the earth regardless by Chandler Jones? He's going to do nothing. He's not going to run it because he can't throw it. He's going to have to run it to to where? Like five extra yards? Like big, big whoop. And and Mac Jones, like my man, I know that you were stunned and didn't know what was happening, but you needed to have at least put some effort forward to ch- to tackle Chandler Jones. That was an embarrassing display. Of a lack of athleticism. I, that was so hard to watch. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm looking at the picture right now. It's, it's quite incredible. Um, that has to be deflating for the Patriots. I don't know how you come back for that. And on top of that, you've got Cincinnati coming to you next week. So, oh, good luck with that. But well, with that, let's move right into the Cincinnati, Buccaneers. Bengals were down seventeen to zero. They get the field goal, to go down seventeen to three. Just going into the half. Come out, and then that was all she wrote. Second half, Bengals score. Um, I believe it was thirty-three unanswered or uh, thirty-one unanswered points because the Bucks didn't score until the late into the fourth quarter, when the game was already out of hand. Joe Burrow should be in the MVP conversation. He was playing with a busted pinky. He's an absolute warrior. He threw for 200 yards, four touchdowns. He had one tip to pick. And it was all she wrote. I, 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 the Bengals are down 17-0, and I'm like... I still think they can come back. I wasn't that worried about the game. And sure enough, it it very clearly became evident to everyone and anyone who was watching the game that the Bengals were the far better team. Thanks in large part to turnovers by the Patriots by not the Patriots, by the Bucks. Brady had two picks. Um there was a muff punt, fake punt, um, that turned the ball, turned the game over. Fournette fumbled the ball. Well, it was I honestly couldn't tell if it was just a bad handoff or what, but the ball went right into Fournette's chest and bounced forward and the Bengals recovered it. Bengals are for real. Last year wasn't a fluke. They're ten and four after starting the year one and two. They are who I thought they were going to be. And no team in the AFC should scare them. And the Bucks disgust me. Even even when they were up seventeen zero, it was more because the defense was throwing looks the Bengals away that were surprising them. But the Bengals second half adjustments, it's so crazy how good they are at that. Might be probably the best second half team in football at at this point. I can't it's so crazy how good they are coming out of this out of the half. But I don't have much else to say with that game. I say the M V P conversation should be Mahomes. Hertz, and Burrow in that order, and then after that, I suppose Josh Josh Allen, because he is their team. If they're not, if he's not great, they're not great. But after that, I think I think we're pretty much, I think we're set for the MVP race. I don't know if there's anyone else that's going to catch up to them. But all right, let's move on to the last afternoon game of the week. The Chargers beat the Tennessee Titans seventeen to fourteen. Titans rallied back to tie it up, 14-all. But Justin Herbert said, no, 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 no. I'm one of the best quarterbacks in the league. And despite throwing two picks, of which one was the craziest interception I've ever seen, a cornerback caught it, but knew he was going to go out of bounds. So he tossed it to an inbounds player and got the pick that way. But Herbert also took three sacks. was not a great offensive performance by the Chargers. Really by anyone. However... The Chargers had about a minute left, a little less than a minute left, to go down and potentially get a field goal to win it in regulation. And Justin Herbert made two of the best throws I've seen all year. The one that's going to stick in my mind is where he rolled out to the right, and he throws one of the nicest balls I've ever seen. It's, it's, just, it's beautiful. It's a bullet. Threw a bullet to Mike Williams and threw another bullet to Mike Williams, Get in the field goal range, and then they kick it and win it. Dicker, the kicker, takes it for the Chargers, putting the Titans even further down the hole. They're 7-7 seven seven now with the Jacksonville Jaguars knocking on their front door. Okay. I don't have much else to say about that. Derrick Henry, once again, had a great game, but it wasn't enough. Uh, Ryan Tannehill got injured. Malik Lewis had to come in, but Tannehill came back. Tannehill got abused this game. He had, took four sacks, through a pick. I have no idea if he's going to play next week. But, man, dude's putting it all out there for the team. And I really respect that. But I don't like the Titans, and I don't want them to see him in the playoffs. And Justin Herbert. I don't want to hear another word about the two over Herbert debate. Just stop it. Just stop it. You are embarrassing yourself if you keep holding on to that notion. All right. Last game, Giants Commanders. Giants beat the Commanders 20 to 12. Commanders, I'm sorry you didn't get a little hose on the final drive of the game. There was a penalty that was committed by Terry McLaurin. Um supposedly he did check in with the with the um ref, but I guess he didn't do a good enough job checking in. Got the penalty, negated a touchdown. And then Curtis Samuel was uh, being given quite the hug um, on the final play of the game on fourth down. And probably should have been called. But even then, there was no guarantee that they'd be able to get touchdown and the two-point conversion. So the Commanders fall to 7-6-1. and one. The giants, giants improved to 8-5-1. and one. The Giants really, really impressed me. Kayvon Thibodeau. Was a monster tonight. He had a huge stripped sack for a touchdown. Had another three tackles for a loss. And Dexter Lawrence on the other side was a great um, guy up the middle. Um, for the rest of the game, Giants, oh man, they had a fourth and nine that they converted. Brian Dale just said, F it, we're going to win this game. He really, really impressed me tonight. I think he put another stamp on his Coach of the Year application. Saquon had a decent game, 18 of 87 for a touchdown. Um, on the other side, the Commanders. Uh, Brian Robinson, such a feel-good story. Doing, playing, played well. Um, but Jahan Dotson, oh my gosh, he had some uh, unreal catches. The rookie this year. This rookie class, man, i got to say. It's impressing to watch between Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, John Dotson, and Christian Watson. That's what I was forgetting. The League is in good hands, as they say. Um, this does a whole lot for the NFC picture, playoff picture, at least for the wild cards. So let's take a break and then we'll move right into the playoff picture. Okay, so if the playoffs ended today for the NFC, the Eagles have clinched a playoff berth, obviously. They have not clinched the division yet. For the Cowboys to take the division, the Eagles have to lose out, and the Cowboys have to win out. Don't think that's going to happen. But they have a playoff spot no matter what now. The Vikings—they have clinched their division, so at worst they're going to finish fourth seed. No, 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 never mind, they're not going to finish fourth seed. What am I saying? At the worst, they'll finish at the three seed. At the three seed currently is the 49ers who have clinched the division. And then at the fourth seed, you've got the—you've got the NFC South participant. Oh, so that's what I'm going to call them from now on—the NFC South participant. At the five seed, you have the Cowboys, who, thanks to the Commanders losing, have clinched the playoffs. But then after that, for the wild card, at six and seven, you have the Giants at eight, five and one, and the Commanders at seven, six and one. So they're both still in the playoffs despite the Commanders losing. But knocking on the door, you've got the Hawks, the Lions, the Packers, and then the Panthers. And the Saints are tied at five and nine. Actually, all three NFC South teams not named the Bucks are tied at five and nine. So they've Theoretically, it's anyone's game. Still, uh, I don't. I. I think, if anything, I think the Lions are going to take the last spot. I, with the way the Hawks have played the last month, I think the steam has gone out from them. I would love to be proven wrong, but there's nothing that I've seen the past month that's encouraging. I mean, it took a Geno drive to um, beat the woeful Rams, who didn't have. Baker Mayfield at the time. That was John Walford. So I think if I had to pick the the playoffs right now for the actual playoffs, I'd have Eagles at one, Vikings. Actually, I'd have the Niners two and the Vikings three, and then the NFC South participant at four, um, and then Cowboys, Giants, Lions. Um, There's still three playoff spots available for... The NFC, but one of those is the NFC South because nobody's clinched that yet. All right, moving on to the AFC. The Buffalo Bills have clinched a playoff spot and they are currently in the first seed. They have not clinched the division yet. I believe if they win, let's see. If, yes, if they win next week, they will clinch the division. They just have to win one more game, and then the division is theirs because the Dolphins are eight and six, and the worst that the Bills are going to finish, in my opinion, is twelve and five. But if they go 12-5, and five, they will clinch the division. And, well, if they went out, they'll have the first seed. But they're guaranteed, I would say, to be third seed. At the second seed right now, you have the Chiefs, who have clinched their division thanks to beating the Texans and their division being trash, aside from the Chargers. I would, if I had to put money on it, I would assume the Chiefs finish first. They have the Raiders they have the Hawks next week, then the Broncos, and then the Raiders. Probably should win those three games if I had to guess. But the Bengals moved into the third seed. Thanks to the Ravens losing. I, I think these are the three teams: the Bills, Chiefs, and Bengals. I, I think these are the ones that, if you're facing them, good luck, Titans. Ooh. We will see... I think the Bengals, if they win next week, they will clinch a playoff spot. I'll talk more about um, playoff clinching scenarios um, on Thursday's show. But I believe if they win next week, they will beat the... um, They will... Well, I believe they will beat the Patriots. But I think they will clinch the playoffs if they win next week. Because that would move them to 11-4. And... And, um, they do have tiebreakers over the Dolphins. They would have a tiebreaker over the Patriots and have a tiebreaker over the... Well, actually, no, if they go 11-4, that would preclude the Patriots, the Jets, and the Jaguars from leaping them. Um, at the four spot, you have the Titans currently with Jacksonville, one game behind them. Um, the Titans and Jags play, I believe, in Week 18. Let's look at the Jags sketch. Jags play the Titans in week 18. So they play the Jets this coming week. And then they play the Texans on January 1st, followed by the Titans in, the, in week 18. Instead of the Titans. So I would, I feel confident taking the Jags in all three of those games. The Jets will be a tough out because they have a great defense. But if Mike White ain't playing, I don't have faith in that Jets offense. Not to mention, Zonovan Knight got injured again. And again Donovan and I got injured so they're down another running back potentially uh, how was I looking up Titans schedule the Titans play the Texans so they better beat them and they play the Cowboys and then the Jags so of the two Titans have the harder schedule purely because of the Cowboys but the Cowboys as we have seen are not infallible they almost lost to the Texans and they almost lost to the um, well they did lose the Jaguars, what am I saying? Um, so Jaguars, I think they'll make the playoffs. Then moving down to the five seed from the three seed, the Baltimore Ravens moved to nine and five. Until Lamar's back, I think this team's kind of irrelevant, at least against playoff teams, against bad teams. I think they can win because they can scrounge enough running game, coupled with that good defense, to win games. But until Lamar's back, I don't think this team's a factor. Pay the man. Sixth seed. Chargers. Stay on there, Chargers. You play the Colts next week. Nothing will make me happier than to see Justin Herbert put the beat down on that team. And then in the seventh seed, you have the Miami Dolphins. So I would say of those three, I think the Ravens make the playoffs because their record's really good and they really only need to win one to two more games. Well, if they win two more games, the Jets and Patriots can't leapfrog them. Um... Same thing for the Chargers. If they win all, if they win out, they'll they'll make the playoffs. Dolphins. If they win out, they'll make the playoffs. It's as simple as that. But the Chargers do have the head-to-head tiebreaker over the Dolphins. So if they tie records, and they're both vying for the seventh seed, the Chargers Chargers will knock them out of the playoffs. Looking in, I already mentioned the Jags, but the Raiders moved to six and eight. I don't care. You're dead to me. And then the Patriots, thanks to losing to the Raiders. They still have one game above the Raiders, but they're at 7-7. Seven and seven. I think the Patriots are done. And the Jets, I think you guys had a fun season, but I don't know if they make the playoffs. I think if anything, they'll play spoiler to the Dolphins in Week 18, and some other team will jump into them. But the AFC East, one of these, one of these three teams between the Dolphins, Patriots, and Jets, they're going to make the playoffs. It's just a question of who. They all play each other. The Jets play the Dolphins. The Patriots play the Dolphins. And I believe the Jets, Jets play the Jags and the Dolphins. But I think they also play... They don't play the Patriots again. Because I think, do they play the Bills again? No, they play the Seahawks. So the Jets play Jaguars, Seahawks, Dolphins. Honestly, I'd say most of these games are, are coin flips. If Mike White's playing on... Um December or on January first. I think they can win that game against the Hawks. And I think they could beat the Dolphins because they got a, a great defense. But with that That's really it for the playoff picture. Um we'll talk about playoff clinching scenarios for teams in week sixteen. We've got three weeks left, guys. Let's savor it. It's been a great season. It was a great week of football. Ugh. Despite the refs, we need to get full time refs. This this part time thing it just ain't it ain't cutting it, and this week really showed it. The league needs to come out with some kind of message like we will fix this somehow, some way. Uh, we don't know how yet, but they will fix this because it's it was pretty disgusting, especially in the Vikings game, the Niners game, um, and then the Chiefs game too. It's gotta get fixed, especially before playoffs. If Eddie, if if, oh, if a team gets a defensive touchdown robbed because of a play being blown dead. Like that happened so many times this week. It was crazy. There's going to be an uproar again. And they're going to do something for the next year to supposedly fix it. And then nothing will change after that. But we're going to keep watching it because we all love it. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I'll talk to you guys on Thursday.